You're listening to a Time Machine podcast. Old movie Time Machine. An adventure through time and or space. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Old Movie Time Machine. This is the show in which we use color motion picture films, movies, if you will, made in the old U.S. of A. between the years of 1945 and 1965 as windows into the past. Now, we climb through these windows, and we have a poke around. We take a look at what's happening on the other side of the window of time, see what is going on there. And while we do this, we're going to be asking some critical questions, such as, hey, Who are these people? What are their habits? How are they treating one another? What decisions are they making? And why? And, inarguably, most importantly, what are they wearing? And what do their living rooms look like? And after we've made our explorations, done our study, gathered all the data, we will climb back through the window and ask and answer the ultimate question, which is, and this is on behalf of all of humanity living here in the 21st century. This movie that we just watched, hey, you guys, the one that we were poking around in through the window of time there, do we keep watching this? Are we going to keep dragging this through year after year, showing other people, passing it down the generational line? Or are we just going to say, fuck it, and just leave it behind? Let it, let that celluloid rot, baby. Let it decay and start on fire spontaneously. Um, don't start fires, kids. I'm your host, by the way, through time and or space, Justin Zeppa, joined as ever by my incredible panel of international experts and, I might add, the smartest people that I know. Starting on my left, as ever, well, I mean, sometimes, Shrish Manaik. Hey, Shrish. Hey, guys. What's up? <clears throat> How's it going? <laughs> I forgot. Every I time. Have, I should have done that before. Every time. Uh, we're doing really well. Nice to see you. Thank you for joining us. And to your left, and also... Across the fucking Atlantic Ocean, my sister and yours, Carolyn Nowrose. Hey, sis. Hey there. Welcome back to the program. Oh, you know, it's the best way to Where spend my afternoon. Where my sister is. <laughs> it's four hours earlier. Yep. <laughs> oh, this movie. Yes, we are talking about 1960s Where the Boys Are. Guys. It's really important. It's critical to what we do here because we have ignited something that we like to call the Prentissance. Paula Prentice, mm. we are bringing her back, baby, putting her in the spotlight. That's what we do on this program from time to time. This is round three of the Prentissance. This is her debut film. Oh. And she plays a character named Tuggle. She was actually the funniest in this movie. Did you think so? Yes. This is interesting. Okay. Because, okay. We've talked about this, right? Paula Prentice, you know, she's she's real hot, right? Right. But I'll tell you, I left this window of time kind of having a thing for Dolores Hart, a.k.a. Merit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She, she, was, was she, was, she was smoking. Yeah. Merit. What's going on with Merit? She is smart. And even more importantly, she is funny. She's doing voices. She's got bits. She's uh, making commentary. She would fit right into our little That's cast true. right here, That's I think. I would love to uh, have Dolores Hart be on the panel of international experts. Unfortunately, we can't do that because I don't know if you guys read this trivia on the old internets, but she's a mother superior nun these days. Oh, she left Hollywood 
uh, shortly after this movie. What's that? Hollywood will do that to you. Yeah, okay, okay. You want to become a nun. She became a Benedictine nun a few years after making this film and just left the industry altogether. But she still votes for the Academy, I guess. So she is, I think, the only nun who gets a vote during Oscar season. And she does, apparently. So trivia about Dolores Hart. But also... All right, Dolores. She was cute. We get you. Yeah. I mean, all of the ladies, like, they're all cute, but um, I found Paula Prentice, like, her jokes that I was like, haha, like, you know, those, there was some. It's classic Paula, but she's also, the, her character is super insecure. Yeah. And it's not the best look, you know? It's yeah. better when she's making fun of Rock Hudson. Right. I think we can all agree on that, right? Oh, or, yeah. or Bob Hope. Make fun of either <laughs> of those bozos. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I think part of it. I mean, and I, and I feel for her, uh, as a fellow tall woman that was always very tall among <laughs> my friends. Um, and how tall she, are you? I'm 5'10. 5'10. Okay. Okay. So you are basically toggle sized. You are Prentissant yeah. sized. You're, you're a half an inch short, according yeah. to her. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe I'm shorter now than I was back in the day. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I might already mm-hmm. be shrinking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I yeah, I mean it was always awkward when the accused stand in photos and like you're the tall one, but I also was not like I have to date a guy that's taller than me. Mm. I don't know, like I wasn't as hung up a- about it when it came to the dating part of. That's very progressive of you. Just don't be a dick. Was that the goal? Um, yeah, but like it took <laughs> me a couple of dicks to, <laughs> <laughs> to come to the conclusion. Right. My sister and yours, audience. <laughs> Guys, where the boys are. Where are they? Hey, Shrishma, you're asking me a question. I'm going to ask you a question right back. I'm going to ignore your question and then answer right back. Do you have a one-line review for where the boys are? <laughs> I mean, really? So, on, no. Yes. The answer is no. No, I Carolyn, do. do you? <laughs> I do have a one-line okay, review. Okay, okay. But, I, you know, it was the first thing that came to my mind as I watched this movie, so I'm just going to stick with it. Okay. And it's um, where all the white boys are. Uh, because uh, I'm so uh, over. I'm so over these movies. Yep. <laughs> hey, sis. Yeah. Just real quick, a real, real quick question for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have a one-line review for where the boys are? I'm going to try. Okay. Um, as I told Trishma, I never know what these are going to be. They surprise me every week, and then I forget them. And then when I re-listen to the episodes, I'm surprised again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, I'm going to wing it. And uh, my one-line review is that even on spring break, women's only desires are to get married mm-hmm. and make a home with any man that will want to marry her. Uh, therefore, men still have the power and women are still without power unless they marry a man. Yeah. That yeah. This movie. That's uh, a dark twist of rape in there, too. Oh, my. <laughs> Isn't it, though? Real <laughs> like, quick. I this was a comedy. It was not. I mean, it got there was it got some dark. really serious parts uh, all throughout the film. All throughout the film. Okay. Hold, well, I mean, hold hold on hold on. Let me give you one one line review, and we'll just we'll start yeah, talking do about it. Okay, and, okay. Then, and then we'll talk about it. One line review. Apparently, women can't do anything without wondering where the boys are. The end. That's it. That's yep, that's, that's it's just, perfect. It's the entire time. That right? was perfect. Okay. So yeah. anyway, Carolyn, continue. What? So you're because I guess this is ostensibly a comedy, right? I think this would fall into that category. A lot of joking, kids, a fun time. But you, okay. What else other than the rape? What? 
other dark spoiler currents. Alert. Yeah, like someone gets. I mean, someone yeah, gets it's story. happening. So you know, I mean, it starts off in what obviously this this beach shot here, and we get the great song "Will Boys <laughs> some like you know over view shots of is it fort lauderdale yes yep they're in fort lauderdale Mm -hmm. um of the boats and the canals and you know the uh title cards and some fun vibrant font don't do not forget the incredible voiceover of mr paul freeze this is movie like three or four of him narrating the intro to a movie he narrated the intro you neither of you were here for this but for that funny feeling long eyeball okay and he also shows up in war of the worlds and this is the guy he narrates right right haunted mansion uh, but before that, apparently he was just on on the payroll for all these film companies doing intros. Yeah, I mean, of- so they make it sound like it's almost going to be something um, like a nature documentary. Like, yes, uh, tuning in, we'll be we'll be going to Fort Lauderdale to see the hijinks of <laughs> right. a bunch of college age <laughs> teenagers uh, trying to figure out their their spring break. Right. Yes. And then you know. From that voiceover, then we're immediately put into some hellhole of the Midwest snowy yes. campus. Yes, we get, yeah, like you say, these gorgeous aerial shots <laughs> of Florida. It looks right. very nice. It is, I mean, wouldn't you like to just be there right now? Yes. Yeah, guys, come on. Yeah. And then, yeah, here we are <laughs> in my beautiful Midwest somewhere <laughs> no I mean, this is this is what we grew up with yeah. this shit i mean this is how i feel every winter in iceland <laughs> i mean it's not dissimilar you know. we are 1200 miles north of florida some in some random they don't specify we just know it's penmore university or pu if you will somewhere. i'm guessing somewhere in pennsylvania mm-hmm. or somewhere like that yeah gets yeah dumped on with snow and it looks yes uh, this horrendous. is but we get into, and this is a some sort of co-ed college campus. Do you, is this co-ed? I thought this was an all-girls school. Am I, I, am I misreading that? I was thinking there were men in this scene, the people the, in pants. Does, this looks like a man right here, right? That looks like and a man. And then the one and the guy next to him. This is a guy. Like, yeah. Okay. But is it like maybe- there's another guy in there. Okay. Or two. Because let's just look at the makeup of the class that we go into here. Because, because then is this it's a all women in the class. class. Yeah. Because it's teaching them how to be good wives and mothers. This, this class is called is, courtship and marriage. Are there? See, yeah. this is where the phrase "going to college to get your MRS" yes, degree. Yes, I was going to bring that up. Absolutely. Wait a minute. What's an MRS? Color me stupid. So go ahead. Karen. A Mrs. Degree. A Mrs. A Mrs. Degree. I don't I, know what that yeah, means. Yeah. So when I went to college, this was a thing too. Like they're like, oh, some of the girls here are trying to get their MRS. I was like, what the fuck are these people yeah, talking about? Right. Do I need and to test it, for an MRS? Right. I was like, where yeah. you know? And then What'd it's like, oh, yours? they're just trying. Well, zero apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true about sororities at all, but I think that a lot of this also comes from sorority. Like, yeah. the, they still talk about it in terms of like girls that participate in Greek life are just there to get their MRS degree Mm. as in they're just looking to get married. So it's a holding ground for women looking to get married. So they versus career women. Okay. So the knowledge they seek is basically where the boys are. Right. Where the boys are. are, And how to trap these men. Yeah. Okay. Oh, which I I also want to point out. (laughs) Do you want to, you want to retake it? We can go back. The show just started. Hey, Shrishma, do you have a one line review for where the boys are? Yeah, it should be called How to Trap Your Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. 
seamless. We'll and, just cut that right in. We won't do that. We're just going to keep it. I mean, George Hamilton has that line like midway through the movie when who is he talking? I can't remember he's, who he's talking to. Is he talking to, I don't know, one of the other guys where he's like, yeah, these girls just don't understand how dangerous it is for a man to get married. Yeah. I think it's it's TV, right? It's, it's yeah, when they're on their double date TV. maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I'm like. <laughs> it's we get a lot of fun lines like that throughout this motion picture experience. But let's right. take a look at this. Okay, so we are Miss Raunch's Miss Raunch. Nice. Okay. Courtship and marriage class. And it's it's all it's all ladies. So that I that's why I assumed it was a, a, a an all ladies school, but it's probably an elective see these dudes. That I guess women must home ec. Are you taking home ec in courtship and marriage? Right. I'm get, trying to get my MRS. Exactly. I only scored a 29 last time. But what, was this, so like in colleges, um, was this actually a class? Like I have to assume so, yeah. Or it did sound- they like make it up for the purpose of this movie? Mm, it sounds dated and inappropriate. I mean, it seems totally conceivable. Maybe this was made up for this particular thing, but I think I, this comes from somewhere. Right. They're, everybody's acting like if, this is normal. Yeah. If this was 1960, yeah. this is not the era... Like Justin, when we went to college in the 2000s, where everyone was going to college and that was the expectation. So you think about the 1960s, it would have been only. These are high flyers. Yeah. For both men and women, this would have been that additional higher education step that would not have necessarily been the norm. And I'm going to guess especially for women. No doubt. Also, I mean, speaking of women, let's, I should preface this. We always get to the theme at the end of the program. Let's front load this first half an hour with the theme. We're looking at women of, right. of this era right now. We've, right. we've kind of started this process with Hilda Crane, right? But this is, we're going to be following an arc, the arc of a young woman in this time period. We just had a perfect launching off pad with Peyton Place, right? right. That was last week. And we mm-hmm. saw all the teens. And now we're seeing these teens go from high, high school. school into university. And we're going to follow them into the world of work after this. Very exciting. little tease for you. But yes, yeah, so I will give this movie some credit. It is certainly led. I mean, these are all female leads here, right? All these girls get top right. billing. I think they all get top billing anyway. At the end, at the end even credits, like even the, the end credits are yeah. just the girls. So mm-hmm. right. Yep. So and I will say these girls seem exceptionally smart and well spoken, and I kind of I feel bad that they're like wasting so much time on stupid boys. What a waste of fucking time! You're absolutely right. I thought the <laughs> Where same the thing. Man, babies are. <laughs> I was just thinking the whole time, like these girls are cool. I would want to hang out with these girls, right? These girls could hang out with us here doing this thing, and I think it would right. be totally normal. Like that, they're right. a good time, and they don't. Other than all of the obsessing over where the boys are. Hey, have you guys seen them? Have you seen them? Are they in the U.S.? The boys? They're fucking everywhere, you guys. They're they're everywhere. You don't have to go to Florida to find boys. We're That's we're true. around, right? And we're looking for you. We have to wrap up this class, Mrs. Ronch, Mrs. Ronch's class. class. She is, yeah. I mean, she's tough, so you definitely want to pay attention in class, Shrishma. Shrishma, take some notes. So she's her topic is about freshmen and college, and entering specifically heterosexual society. She makes that very clear that must be heterosexual society. Actually, I mean, she kind of tosses it in there as though, like, I don't need to remind you, but I will subtly make this point. It's not just a society. It's one where men and women must date each other. 
And she is uh, of an older school, clearly, Miss Ranch. The, let's take a look at this classroom here. This is, we have, we have this old timey grandma chair over here. Interesting. It's story She's time. Old timey grandma. <laughs> it is. Uh, and also, yeah, all girls, we already mentioned this. A, a really boring classroom, not terribly stimulating. I imagine myself falling asleep in this room. I'm sure it's too hot some of the time and too cold the rest of the time. Mm-hmm. And it sucks. Can or we put a map it. up or some kind of diagrams or something like that? Just put something up. Miss Ranch, try a little bit. But where <laughs> – this lady. I want to show you uh, the co-star of Where the Boys Are, a guy I like to call wall-mounted pencil sharpener. <laughs> Guys, pencil sharpener. The, I saw this pencil sharpener framed right next to Miss Ranch. It looked like it's done on purpose. I mean, this is clearly a prop that was like, oh, well, you got to have a pencil sharpener for a classroom. But they really – it just sticks out as like in a room with nothing, we have a pencil sharpener, which brings a point. I must ask you guys, uh, pencils, are these still a thing? Yes. People no, still using pencils? Not for me personally, but I will say that uh, stepson number two did mm-hmm. ask me if I had a pencil sharpener yesterday. And I looked at him and was like, what? what? I'm sorry. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know like, what? It's, really? it's over by what? the rotary phone, son. <laughs> That's basically, yeah. I was. I didn't say that because he would have been like, "What's that?" <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, uh, "Nobody, sorry, sorry, I don't." I don't. I'm just wondering, one. and I, I, I see them in stores or whatever. But I'm just thinking, like, are we still manufacturing new pencils? Is there a pencil need in this world? We're all typing yes, with our, our fingers. We're we using are. pens. I, it's got to be low. It's it, low. It but must be low. I definitely see them at the station for testing purposes. Pros and cons of pencils. Go. Uh, Pro, they are erasable. Shrishma, you got anything? No. Because, you know, like they were, even the pencils were replaced by the mechanical, mechanical pencils. pencils. Yeah. So. Right. So the sharpening is, is more obscure than ever, right. right? But here's my theory that all the pencils in circulation right now are at the are, bottom of the ocean. Well, no. No, they're, they're <laughs> circulating. They've been here since oh, okay. this movie was made. Yeah. Or they've been here since, let's say, the mid 90s, mm-hmm. right? And we're just still kind of cycling through the same pencils, passing them back and forth. Plus, okay, there are new pencils in the world. I see them, but I think they're mostly used as very cheap promotional tools. You know, you put the, stand, the name of your company on it or your product, and then it's a, oh, it's a pencil. Like, what's that cost? Like, two cents to make? And uh, you just give them away. But I don't think anybody's – there's no lust for pencils in right. the modern age, I don't, I don't think. think. So. I Unless think, you're a sketch sketch artist. Mm, and even then, those are specialized pencils. Oh, okay. I think those are – you're not going to use your average Ticonderoga to do your, your sketches, I wouldn't think. I'm surprised that you know a name of a, brand a of type a- of pencil. <laughs> <laughs> I know one. What's uh, that? I forgot. No. Fabler. Pi- fa- Fabler? Stedler? <laughs> Faber Castell. Faber Castell. That sounds that's, real. That's one. Hold on. <laughs> Fabler. Get out of here. Faber Castell. Yes. Let's see. Is it a. These are pencils, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Yes. Shrishman Knight yes. pulling it out. Pulling it out. Back to boy. Back to boy with, with the where's are? What? Where's. <laughs> Back to where the boys are Sweet and uh, Professor Raunch. Professor Raunch. We're going back. She is talking about her particular view of courtship and marriage. Yeah, she's judgy. Yeah. And but and out of touch. 
with what the young kids are doing. She's from a different generation, right? She just wears it all over her brooch. But who's pushing back, you guys, in this class of all the people? Who do you think is going to push back? It's Merit, Justin's favorite lady. Smartest girl in the room, Merit. (laughs) Merit, There she is. It Mm -hmm. seems to be that um, even though she's brilliant, she's not necessarily doing well in school. And I can't help but think from the conversation she has in this classroom and then Mm -hmm. with, I don't know, the dean of lady students i'm not sure yeah right um after this but that it seems like you know she's not necessarily towing the line in her thought process or in her own theoretical paradigms about life about about her mrs degree so you're saying that she is i'm saying she's uh kind of above and beyond what they're teaching in college to women and Mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. it's not, it's more of a challenge to professors and administrators that she's like, yeah, but I don't agree with that. Right. Do you feel like we should bump her up a grade? Two? Maybe the material's not challenging enough. Maybe maybe she should be a sophomore. Is that how it works in college? uh, No, never, never worked that way. I'm just wondering if we should, though. I'm just saying, you know, she's, she has a lot of potential, right? Right. She's, she's smart. She's a thinker. And she spoke up and she had a really good point. Which, what was her point, Trishma? Do you remember? Um, It was to do that, um, basically that, you know, men and women should be, or it should be so societally acceptable for Mm. men and women to live together before they got married. Right. And so that involves like right. obviously being physical before marriage. Yeah, it's it's kind she of wants to take the car for a test drive. Mm-hmm. Sure. I, who doesn't? I mean, this is the, mm-hmm. the right idea, Merritt. You're you're ahead of your time over here. But I feel like the three main character well, there's four with Connie Francis, but let's say the three main characters, which mm-hmm. we've got two of them pictured here. We have Merritt and I'm sorry. Melanie. And Melanie, the yeah. cute the, the the very cute blonde. Um, and then you've got Paul Apprentice and I feel like they are the archetypes of three different speeds of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lay them you out know, for that, us. Right. And that they, what Merit is kind of getting at in her argument for like, we, we should be able to, to try out like married life before we jump into it with someone we don't know. Cause what if it's not the right fit? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you've got someone like Melanie who's in the fast lane. And we see how her storyline plays out, ending in a like a rape and a suicide attempt, and she yeah. feels like a ruined woman. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. you know, hey, uh, uh, <laughs> giving away giving away the rest of the film. We've got, I think, Merritt's kind of in the middle lane of speed, where she, but she's having those honest conversations with George Hamilton. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She's having these conversations with George Hamilton, who's honestly kind of charming. I've only ever seen him as. An older, older grease ball. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so Is he also of um, the grill fame? Isn't that... George Hamilton? Isn't that a type of grill also? You're thinking of the George Foreman grill. Oh. <laughs> George Foreman, who was recently very credibly accused of rape. Oh, okay. um, right. Yeah. Speaking of rape. Um, yeah, right. So- <laughs> Topical. You knew that, right? And- you tied it all in. But I think Merritt's very honest and and forthcoming in those conversations about her thought process. So that's why <laughs> they're like the George Hamilton grill. Sorry, <laughs> I just came back to that in my brain, and it's I got to do some photoshopping. I don't know what this. You guys have any theories about what this grill does that George Hamilton specifically needs to design his own grill? <laughs>
So let's get back to these girls. Now that we've we've talked about, we've covered Merritt, who is, I believe, top build, right? She's the main character of Dolores the three main. Hart. Yeah. And so we've got her. We've got Melanie, who is, as you say, a sort of. Uh, is she an innocent? She's an innocent blonde. We call her. Yeah. She's pretty. Yeah. She's pretty sweet and innocent and wants to see the best in people, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we've, then we've got Tuggle, played by Paul Apprentice, of course, who is – her defining characteristic is that she is five feet, ten, inch, ten and a half inches tall, and she is – yeah, she's trying to remain chaste and date a guy without sleeping with him. And then we also have Angie. Let's not forget Angie. This is an, another introducing. We were introducing Paul Apprentice, but also Connie Francis, who sings the song with a boy and appears in a, a couple other motion pictures as well, singing songs. She was primarily a singer, I believe, who Bobby Darren style got roped into doing some acting as well. Mm-hmm. Joan is my mate. And so she gets a couple of numbers in this picture. For some reason, so she's on the hockey team at school, which is code for a little too tough for to be loved right. by a man. So she always not so feminine. She's asking where the boys are more than I think Any anybody else, right? <laughs> and she, it takes her a long time to hook up with a boy, and by yep. boy I mean middle-aged Frank Gorshin, aka Batman's the Riddler. Three of the four girls are very excited to go down to Fort Lauderdale for spring break. We got to get out of this goddamn blizzard, the goddamn Midwest. We got to go down mm-hmm. to fucking classy as shit Florida because I hear rumor has it. That's where the boys are. Rumor has it. <laughs> Very Sorry. good. Adele, is, is that you? Adele. Adele? Adele? Hey. Is that you? Hey. <laughs> but there is one scene right before, um, after this, where she goes, she's getting ready to go out into the snow and mm. she's just really upset about it. Yeah. And I just felt mm-hmm. her pain in that moment. Oh, yeah. Like, I feel you, girl. We're living that life for sure. <laughs> I see but, one more snowflake, I'm going to vomit. Yeah, yep. Exactly. Yeah. Mm, <laughs> yep. And, but Merritt, however, she feels like she's behind as we've, we've just learned. So she wants to stay back at school. Sucks, Merritt. Don't do it. And she wants to study. Sucks, Merritt. Don't do it. Go to spring break. Her, you know, Dean, uh, Dean of Ladies is like, you're going to go to your family, right? And she's like, yeah, well, that sounds great. I'm disappointing them big time. So no, I think (laughs) not. Anyway, the other three, you know, kind of put the squeeze on her. And eventually she agrees to go to Florida. So we cut to them uh, road tripping, having a great time. And this is a classy group of classy ladies. And here they are having a great time driving their... Very dirty yeah, very, blue convertible. Like, what's up with this car? I don't know because this is not a matter they're college of college kids. They no, but money. Carolyn, I mean, this is there are dirt clods on the hood of this car. This is not like, oh, you know, I can only afford a beater. This is like we drove through a pig farm. Well, they were just coming out of the snowstorm, so maybe why the dirt clods? Trishma. A Midwestern snowstorm. Dirt clod again. It's not the Dust Bowl. Why is there dirt all of it's it's coated in dirt? Who Nobody knows? has any answers for me. Uh, write us in, by the way, party line at oldmovietimemachine.com. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're driving and talking about, you guessed it, where the boys are. We find out, I forget if it's here or in the narration or whatever, but apparently, so 20,000 kids go down to Fort Lauderdale. 80% of them are guys, and that's why the girls are going down there. Mm. They can't find guys in their day-to-day life, apparently, so they need to go where the boys are. 
Now I looked this up because I was kind of curious, like what this now granted in my experience, there are always too many guys, right? right? In any social situation where you're looking for, you know, for, in my case, where the girls are, there's, it's always like, where the fuck, too many guys, get out of here, right? Sausage fest. Yeah, exactly. He needs it. <laughs> so I just, I'm astonished that there were, I don't know, 80% seems like, seems high for even that situation. And it just seems like there's got to be an easier way mm-hmm. to meet these boys. But the reason is, I think, is that Fort Lauderdale was home to swim meets, right? Like guys okay. swim meets. So that's why all the guys would be converging down there. And then apparently the girls followed and it progressed over the years to the chaos that we know it to be today. Anyways, they are driving along wondering where the boys are. They run into a boy and his name is TV. And he is played by Jim Hutton, who we've seen in the past. He was in Bachelor in Paradise, playing mm-hmm. Paul Apprentice's husband, his insecure, uh, her insecure husband. Anyway, they see this guy, and he's standing by the side of the road wearing a sign that says, Fort Lauderdale or I'll kill myself. Mm-hmm. And he's wearing a big dumb hat, and he looks kind of, you know, he's big and dumb himself or whatever. And they're like, hmm, strange man on the side of the road. Let's stop. Let's, pick Let's him stop up. and invite him into our car. Now, fortunately for them, he's just kind of a nerdy guy, right? How would you just, how would you classify he this guy? He didn't look nerdy to me. He was more just tall and lanky and a little maybe like Oh, I meant more about like his talking. Oh, like his, um, you know. He's got a lot of theories. He has a lot of things to say. In fact, he's he, a thinker, not a doer. Yeah, he and he, there's a great quote for him. I don't ask for your belief, just your attention, mm. which hit rather close to home. I mean, we are I am just talking into a microphone. You are just a bunch of man kitchen. babies who need some attention. Somebody pay attention. Listen to my Don't ideas. I want to talk more about John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Listen to and me. And Jim Carrey. <laughs> no, that's you. I was just adding my voice to yours. <laughs> I want to talk about Frank Gorshin. Why can't John and Paul get along and be friends? I'm sorry, Justin. I know. I know. Got a lot of theories about it. I'm going to talk to myself about my horses. (laughs) Yeah. I don't ask for your belief, just your attention. uh, They they decide, uh, they ask him what his shoe size is because Tuggle makes it very clear that, look, all I want is a a man as tall as I am. And so he's like, yeah, I wear a size 13, which is enormous, by the way. He's a tall guy. Mm -hmm. And they're like, get in the car. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It is call to action time. This is the part of the show where I bring some things to your attention, such as this week's major event, which is I need for you to go to our show, Old Movie Time Machine, on whatever podcast platform you're listening to it. And I know you're listening to it because you're hearing this right now. So you really (laughs) you have no excuse, but you should go to our show. And scroll down into wherever the place that you're listening to this keeps their ability for you to review the program. And I need you to press that five-star button, you guys. Technically, it doesn't need to be five stars. If you need to give us a four, fine, so be it. But I'm asking you, as a personal favor to me, five stars. I mean, come on. You're listening to this program. You love it, right? You like my sister. You like Shrishma. You tolerate me. I understand. You probably love Paula Prentice. And Dolores Hart. 
So on their behalf, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go to the rating spot. If the mood should strike you, leave a review. Would love to hear what you guys have to say. But all you got to do is just push that five-star review button, and it will help us out tremendously. And the more we're helped out, the more we can make awesome programs just like the one you're listening to right now. So if you please give us a review, I'm going to thank you just like I will right now. A little sneak preview for you. Thank you. And now back to the show. So as they are hanging out on the beach, who should walk by? George Hamilton. Mm. Now. He's tall too. Is he tall? I thought he was short. He looks tall. In is this he shot. tall? Uh, well, maybe it's because everyone's sitting down. Yeah, they're all seated. Uh, the only reason I took this screen capture. Well, actually, who are these shady mm. people up on this roof over here? Law enforcement. You think so? They're just observed. This looks like a Hawaiian shirt, Carolyn. I don't know. They're, they're plain clothes. Plain clothes. Plain clothes, or they own that building, and they're like, "Oh, they're filming a movie over there." Yeah, that's probably more like it. Um, let's also point out uh, again. It's been a long time. This movie was made. Let's do the math real quick. What sixty plus years ago, right? Traffic lights. They're identical. They look exactly the same. Traffic lights have not changed a mm-hmm. bit. I mean, you, you get some. Arrows, you get another row maybe occasionally, these big ones. Here's George Hamilton. But what we're really looking at is the American flag back there. Old glory, 48 stars on this flag. Now, we know that Alaska and Hawaii joined in 1960, right? You know, they're telling, you know, like, because I'm going off another another tangent, but... Um, Why stop now? Right. Like, people in Hawaii are asking tourists not to go there because all the prices are increasing so high. Hawaii was all also 1959. Okay, so Fort Lauderdale, get with the times, all right? <laughs> I didn't get the flag. message till later, sorry. <laughs> but wait, so Hawaii wants people to get out of there because it's too expensive? That's the idea? Yeah. Okay. Because of, like, all the land prices are going up and cost of living is going up because of all tourists, It's I tough guess? to live there. Yeah, so like they just want people to leave them alone. You know what though? I'm up to the challenge. I'll live there. <laughs> also, <laughs> also like Alaska, just getting like groceries mm. there is extremely expensive because of shipping things yeah. there. Yeah, like of course. Yes. Right. Yeah, twenty dollar right. gallon of milk or whatever. Right. 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 Uh, again, I well, in the case of Hawaii, I'm fine with it. I'll whatever. I'll skip. I'll skip the milk. How's that? Mm. I'll live off the land. (laughs) And make it your own milk. (laughs) I'll eat eat nothing but fresh caught dolphins. (laughs) Give me that beach. Diamond head. All right. So. George Hamilton. Yeah, we see George Hamilton. Hamilton. He's uh, he's a real slick character, this guy. And they're like, ooh, Ivy League, definitely. You know, do you think he's he's Yale or what? And they're like, no, Harvard, definitely. Because Harvard, of course, Shrishma, I don't know if you're aware, but they're the best of the What's best Harvard? Of all Harvard? It's a, what is it? It's an Ivy League. It's the, it's the oldest university in the U.S., I believe, or maybe second oldest. And, uh, they. A lot of famous people went there. Well, it's, if, it's for the, the smartest it's of the elite. smart with, oh. yeah, it's cream of the crop. It's the equivalent of Oxford, basically. Oh, sure. So. I do know what Harvard is. Are you fucking with me? Yeah. <laughs> Shrishma. I thought it was weird that you wouldn't have heard of fucking Harvard. You lived in the United States. I was like, does he believe me? I, I was just trying to be a good sport of like, okay, well, I'm not going to call her out for not knowing what fucking Harvard is. But. Everybody knows Harvard. My sister tried to get into Harvard. But okay, yeah, right. Me too. Did not get in. But um, I didn't try. 
I'm so sorry. <laughs> you had me going. You didn't. You didn't break at all. Really impressive. I thought you got. Like, I thought you knew I was fucking. No, me. I was trying well, to. There we go. <laughs> I was. I found myself in a position. Well, listen. You are the same woman who once asked me, "Hey, who is Alfred Hitchcock?" <laughs> that is true. Watching an Alfred Hitchcock movie. <laughs> I just thought it, George Hamilton was the grill. So. <laughs> right. So, right. Spare. So you put me in a, tracking, tracking. a position as host of Time and or Space to be like, okay, how does one explain the concept of Harvard? To a, a foreigner, you know, you like, what? okay, Harvard, it's not just a university, though. It's, uh, it's the Oxford of the right. United States, Trishma. I'll take it seriously. Duh. All right. Now, Melanie returns from her evening out with, with Dill. Dill, and it's intimated that, the, that they, they did do it, right? Right. Is it this one or is it a little later? Is it? D- no, she does do it with Franklin. Dude. Wait. Because there's three guys? Or there's there are two guys. But I feel like, okay, because she says something along the lines of, you wouldn't tell anybody, right? And he's like, no, I wouldn't. Yeah. Dill, by the way, how do you guys feel about Dill at this point in the film? He's very intense. He's just staring at her. The sociopath eyes, dead eyes, kind of like a he's very, he's a man on a mission, and he's gonna like he wants to make sure that he achieves, achieves it. Yeah, and he's kind of it, yeah. he's mesmerizing her almost like he's focused on Charlie Manson style. It's bizarre. I I wasn't sure. I mean, they are fully dressed when they return from their their hideaway. You know, they find a secret beach to hang out at together or whatever. But she's like, you won't tell anybody, would you? But I don't know. But then she says tomorrow, right? But I think that's. Not that they're going to do it tomorrow, but they're going to meet up tomorrow. And he's like, oh, yeah. But I don't know. I, I had the feeling that they had done it. But I could be wrong. Because I feel like there's this guy, but the second guy she goes out with, she does it with him. And then there's a third guy. So I might have missed something. In mm, okay. Okay. We'll try to ch- keep track of keep Melanie's track. Okay. many guys. Clearly, she has found where the boys are. Right. <laughs> okay. So the next morning. We find it. Oh, this is just another oh, great shot. Nice shot. Just look a, at the legs. Uh, this this set. This woman. I mean, this is. It's pretty great. So the next morning, we get the flop house effect. Another. Now, this is pre beach party, by the way. This is three years before beach party comes out, but we're already seeing the tropes laid down in much better fashion. Mm. By the way, uh, this movie there's there's quality to the making of this film that right. does not exist in the cheaper no. movies to come. Uh, when they're checking into this room, for example, there's a, we get a slow push in on the camera, camera movement. Like that's unheard of in some of these cheaper films. Right. So it's there's some effort made to uh, make a decent picture here. But we see, you know, the girls are all sleeping on the floor and on the fold out, the Murphy bed and all this. And one of them has been has is is new. She was picked up. She was going to sleep on the beach the, the night before. Yeah. And we see Melanie gazing wistfully out the window. Okay enjoying some we like to talk about the different types of smoking that you can you can enjoy during this era and this is the smoking that we like to call post coital uh, wondering when he's gonna call yeah I, i have written here wistful yaley boyfriend smoking and she is not good at it. She this is she's not a smoker, she's, but she's blowing out her nose. Yeah, yeah, and this is right before she starts coughing right. very loudly, waking everybody up, and they're like, "You don't smoke." Well, but Dill does. Oh. He's my everything now. So there you go. She heads down to meet up with Dill, as was previously indicated. Mm. And I just wanted to just pause a moment here. We've got a beautiful 
Coke machine. This is boy, this costs a pretty penny nowadays. And also this incredible gold ashtray out here. I mean, this is classy as fuck. This is outside the room. Good Lord. Classy. But we get a glimpse at the guy's room as well. This is way too clean. Uh, This is where we enter the realm of fantasy. The idea that the, this, the guy's room, the Yaley guy's room is this clean. But let's see what we've got here. We got some beers happening. We got some smokes. We got some chips. We got a green rotary phone. This is, I mean, they're living quite a life here. They are rich boys. So maybe they have yeah, a house lady that, or, yeah. I wonder what this box is. This is some kind of crackers or something mm-hmm. like this. We got some aftershave, bedside ashtray. Of course, these are smokers. And yeah, so they housekeeping is paying extra special attention to these boys. Yeah, I think so. They haven't used these glasses yet, which I think is also suspect, but maybe they're just hitting the beers, but mm. you'd think the booze would come out at some point. Anyway, Melanie drops in. This is Franklin, by the way, and this is no name. He doesn't get a line, so we don't know who he is, but she's like, is Dill around? And they're like, well, he got called away for business for his family, but he'll be back. But you can groove on me if you want to. In the meantime, if you need a date, you can just call up old Franklin. But she's in love right now with Dill. Right, so, with Dill. Okay, so there's you know. two guys. Yeah, okay. yeah. Two ashtrays in this room. Let's go to the beach, you guys. The whole beach is an ashtray. These three, they're just looking great. Sitting on the beach set out here, hanging out. And they are just talking about boys, go figure. Talking, Tuggles talking about TV and how, you know, what kind of guy he is. And lo and behold, they turn around. There's TV. What is it between you and that TV character? A potato chip orgy every day? Angie is just slaying at this point. Talking about like, what's with you two? You know, is it just a potato chip orgy every day? And then she turns around and she sees him approaching wearing some big cowboy hat or whatever. And she's like, what is he queer for hats? Which I think is like. What is he queer for hats? Hey, Shrishma, you queer for hats? No, I'm straight for them. Okay. Oh, all right. What is he queer for hats? Now it's offensive. Perfect. So. (laughs) I should have said I'm straight. Instead of, never mind. It's it's okay. We'll t- <laughs> You're fine. Hey, Carolyn, are you queer for hats? What is he queer for hats? I like a good hat. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Merritt, by the way, is reading the entire time, and she's got some real zingers too. She's she's doing voices. Merritt's fucking funny. I don't know. I'm I'm into Merritt in this movie. Paula, get, don't get me wrong. It's the Prentissance. We all believe in it. Of course, you are, golden you are into the one who becomes a nun in the 1960s. Why is that? Of course. What are you talking about? Uh, just because she's like, you know, untouchable. Mm. Oh, interesting. Wow. That's an interesting layer. I all right. All right. <laughs> get under. <laughs> me too. I'm kind of curious. I'm very attracted to the mind. What's going on in your mm. mind? Mm-hmm. You know, what's happening yeah. up there? I want to know. Yeah. That's what turns me on. Let's get back to this movie, though. So this is the point where George Hamilton rolls up again and Merritt so he is... scoped out everyone on the beach. Yeah, yeah. He's He spent this entire, the last 24 hours just wandering this beach looking at every single woman. And he's decided it's going to be Merritt. He's chosen Merritt to sit down next to you on this big old beach. And she doesn't give a fuck because she's cool and she's going to read her book. But he sits down and he starts playing this, he starts doing this move where he just draws a question mark in the sand. Now, look, on one hand, this is, I think, kind of a smooth pickup move. On the other hand, I think this is also done because Frank Gorshin, the Riddler, 
is a co-star in this motion picture and they just want to give a little interesting you know foreshadowing that the riddler's in town you <laughs> no. think so no okay no. <laughs> listen i think that this this is such an in, not even like charming but like interesting pickup move mm-hmm. Um, That's a great way of putting it. Interesting. Okay. Because all pickup moves are kind of dicey, right? Shit. Right. Um, I thought this was really well cast with him in it. And I honestly have never seen him in anything like as as in his youth. No, nothing (laughs) Um, nothing before 1985 or whatever. Yeah. No. no. He's he's always been kind of tan older man. Right. Right. But I did. I was like, okay, yeah, I see the charm. I mean, I could definitely... He he was spot on in this role, I felt like. Definitely. He does not come off as a creep, I think, for most mm-hmm. of the, the movie. He does the best yeah. of not being a creep. I he think there are still a couple, there's a couple very moments. knowing and mm-hmm. very mature. Well, he's a senior. More so, right. He's a senior yeah. and he's a brown man. So, yeah, therefore, yeah. he just comes across as a little bit like... More worldly, I guess, is the way to put it. Yeah. And he comes from society, too. Whereas right. we know from previous conversations that Merritt, her parents had to work really hard to send her to college at all. They've right. sacrificed a lot and everything. So she's not in the same financial position of having an incredible Chris Craft yacht right. and uh, grandpa's right. so she palatial estate. she's really working at her MRS degree. And she doesn't even need to finish college because of Ryder. I feel like the the MRS degree. I don't think I have a complete handle on this because <laughs> she doesn't she doesn't care where the boys are, right? Don't you have to care where the boys yeah, are to I, be working on your MRS degree? She just wants I a think, degree. I think that was the only degree available to women oh, okay. <laughs> at the time. So he does the question mark routine. He draws a little question mark, and then Merritt very cleverly she catches onto it right away and she starts a- answering the implied questions here's my name my details my deal and he does the same and they decide to hang out together right he's going to take her out to yeah well i mean he says to the, uh the let, me, let me take you out for cocktails yeah meaning right. not just the elbow room but like a nice uh mature place and we see it here it is a, a mature place so mature, in fact, that you might even say it's a mature place. We've got leathery bo- uh, booths here. We've got, of course, an ashtray on every table, which that's a sign of real class. I felt like George Hamilton could have picked me up with this movie. I'm like, he, this was great. He picked up the smart chick, uh, the, yeah. the elusive one, and he did it in style. And I mean, that totally would have worked. <laughs> he's got a good, he's got a good routine that he's using. And he found somebody, I mean, if you, the reality is, if I sat down next to a woman and drew a question mark, she would get up and leave. (laughs) She might show you the finger, like. be like, what is your fucking problem? (laughs) Well, you never know. She might be looking for her MRS too, and she might see in you a, a, you know, a giver of that MRS. Ah, okay, okay. Fall for the question mark that I, you draw in the set. I also like the idea of this as a vetting technique. Not to, I mean, who cares what a man thinks, right? right. But, but on one you hand, what you think, Justin? Well, hey, thank you. You look. She has to say that it's. Uh, I control the <laughs> microphone. Um, it's so, yeah, yeah. But as far as okay, the woman that I want to take out is the woman who gets my routine with the question mm-hmm. mark and answers. An implied question. Right. That's that's the one. Right. Because I could conceive of 
him, of all the people, of all the 80% of men down in Fort Lauderdale on spring break, he, he would be the one who would not get laid during spring break because he didn't find mm. the right person to do it with or whatever, mm. you know, like somebody who met his standards right. Right. or his family standards or whatever, however he's gauging people. But I could see him being like, yeah, you know, spring break is kind of a bore this year because right. this dude's he's above anywhere. it all. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, he can go anywhere. Right. To, you know, right? He's been to Ibiza in the 1960s. Is that know. what he says? I don't know. I, oh. know. I just made that up. He took a pill there, right? Oh. <laughs> he might have. And her he name was boat. her name was Merit. I'm kidding, <laughs> Merit. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> you wish you had a pill named Merit. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Melanie, remember, remember Melanie, remember Melanie. She has decided to take Franklin up on his offer. Because she hasn't been hearing from Dill. Because Dill's Gonesville, right, yeah. Okay. And okay. so she's like, well. And I get the sense that she and Dill slept together. Mm, and she, this is when know. she starts talking about. Okay. Hey, where where were you like an hour ago when I was like, so did they fuck or what? And everybody was like, oh, I don't know. Did they? Well, Th- okay. This so is- an hour ago, well, I'm telling you no. I think that yes. <laughs> did you tune me out, Carolyn? <laughs> did you have. tune me out? Yes or no? <laughs> I might have. <laughs> Um, I do think that they slept together. I think that, uh, therefore, because that's also when she started talking about, did you hear that someone got married down here last year? Or like, yeah, after yeah, yeah. This? And everybody's like, where did that come well, from? And everyone's Ugh. like, yeah, that's because she was beating the, the doctor to, or the delivery yeah, of this oh, baby. Got a, like she's Merit like, has the entire timeline. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's not. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. that's when. When she was doing what I was saying, like post-coital, you know, smoking, right, right, uh, waiting for Dill to call, post-coital, waiting by the telephone. God, you totally tuned me out. I we I was waiting. I was left hanging. (laughs) That's because all the guys look the same to me. So I thought that's an acceptable excuse. Right, you were absolutely correct. I didn't know how many there were. That's right. You 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 weren't sure how many were in circulation at that point. But I also said post-coital smoking. Yes. Right now. Did you say it no, before, too? I said it before, earlier. too, when she was looking out the oh, window okay. and she's like... I just wish you would have had my back when I was like, well, oh, they were doing it, right? You know right? what? I've got your back now. And I'm telling you, <laughs> okay, yes, they were doing it. And so then she's like, shit, I got I to gotta find another baby daddy. Because if I'm right. pregnant... Oh, you think that's think the deal? She, yes. What? Wait, when did that happen? Wait, when did she... When did that happen? Okay. I think when Merritt explained... Is this headcanon or is this taken directly from the film? No, this is taken directly from the film. I think when Merritt explained why this this girl from their college got married so quickly after spring break the previous yeah. year, yeah, 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 that yeah. all of a sudden Melanie was like, oh shit, I could have a baby. I don't think if there's any confirmation of her actually mm-hmm. being pregnant, but I think she's like, oh my god, I had unprotected sex. Right, yeah, nobody's bagging it up in this era. Nope, for no God's one's sake. doing nope, that. Nope. And so I feel like she's like, well, Dill is, you know, Splitsville gone. Who knows? I don't even have his fucking phone number. So right. I better find someone else and sleep with someone else to cover to cover my bases here. Wow. You've added an entire new layer to this yes. seven layer dip of a movie. Which is why I also feel like when she, it, when Dill comes back and she's basically raped at the end. Who rapes her? Dill. Franklin. No, Dill. You're right. Because it gets confusing. Because they do look the same. She's so despondent. And like she's like, my life is over. I've slept with two dudes. I may or may not be pregnant. 
one of them has raped me. So clearly mm-hmm. I have no value left in life because my only yeah. value is, is to get married and who's going to want to marry me now. She's got a tough road ahead in this film, in this motion picture. It's right. too bad. But it's the message also that's being sent to the people of the time. Like, but this is also a cautionary tale, right? This is supposed to be, um, like it didn't have to go that way. She could have just, you know what I'm saying? Like they could have made her character have a different ending. That was not so. Right. Yeah. So they're, they're trying to teach you a lesson. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with Shishma. They're trying to teach a moral lesson here and saying like, look, you know, there's the slow lane. We can do this mm-hmm. tuggle. There's the mm-hmm. middle, lane, middle lane, which is mm-hmm. slightly faster, but still not actually having sex. Mm-hmm. Might be might be experimenting a little bit with uh, merit, and then there's the way too fast lane, and it will end up with rape and trying to commit suicide by walking in traffic. Right. So when you're wondering where the boys are, don't wander too hard. Exactly. Keep them legs closed. Just <laughs> <laughs> could be. I'm sure there was a memo circulating around the lot at right. MGM. <laughs> Keep them legs legs closed. <laughs> We we cut away. Obviously, it's 1960. You're not going to see anything, but we see enough, and it's clearly telegraphed that he is coming after her. And then we see her with her broken strap later on her dress, and she is very delirious with trauma. And she calls she calls the girls, and they race to to find her, and they kind of deduce where she's at at some motel, and and they show up just in time. Because Melanie is has decided that she can't deal with any of this anymore, and mm-hmm. she walks into traffic in the middle of the night. And Ryder then, you know, like stops the car and follows her into traffic and picks her up because she's fallen down on the road. So then Ryder looks even better than he's already been looking with all of mm-hmm. his money and charm mm-hmm. and intelligence. Yeah, yeah. Is that like, oh, he's actually a really good guy too? Because one, he's driving all of us to go you know, get our friend and then actually saves the day and gets her off the street. Right, right. And so we catch up with them at the hospital mm-hmm. shortly thereafter. Mm-hmm. And just wanted to point out uh, Hospital Ashtray, <laughs> the elusive but beloved Hospital Ashtray. Not only that, but the doctor, the comes, doctor out. comes out and takes a smoke. Oh, man, it is exorcist level <laughs> doctors smoking in the hospital. <laughs> like, it's not a big deal. It's it's awesome. And but I mean, the story is terrible, obviously. Right. Uh, so Melanie is worried about being damaged goods now and has this guilt of being a used woman and is, feels like her life can't go on and everything. It's very sad. And uh, also the irony of all ironies is that these dudes, turns out they weren't even from Yale. They're just some schlubs from a fucking state college, probably. So after the others have left, Merritt and Ryder meet on the beach and they connect and we'll see each other again. Merritt stays behind for Melanie to recover for a few right. days. And right. that's when Ryder shows up. And that's when Ryder's out. like, there's going to be a lot of senior things coming up, you know, that I'd like you to be at for Brown and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and then, so the end of where the boys are, it's kind of a, it's a weird climax it is for this movie, climax. but I don't know how else this was supposed to go. Honestly. I mean, there's not a lot of they found uh, the boys drama. Right. Yeah. Oh, they found the boys in, like within minutes of the movie starting. Right. It's insane. So the ultimate question, we promised it and we make promises and we keep those promises. Right. You guys, mm. Trishma Nike, 1960s 
where the boys are. Can we keep watching this? No. Okay. Any reason? Uh, no, it's just, I was so frustrated by the movie. Like, it's just another movie that's you know, retelling the same kind of, you know, what a woman needs and wants and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. I just, mm-hmm. I just don't want, I, I know. Okay. That's okay. Just, like, give me, and even like today, like, give me a story where it's not centered around, you know, having to find love to. Oh, it's called a Marvel movie. Actually, right. that's maybe this is why you like those maybe, movies because there's, there's zero romance right. in them. I mean, there's a little romance here nah. and there, but it's not like you know, yeah, it's, it's not the focus. Right. Dead fish. Yeah, it's not the focus. Interesting. Maybe maybe we've cracked the code of what maybe. you're. Yeah, interesting. All right, let me think about this. Hey, Carolyn, yeah. now Rose, yeah. my sister, mm-hmm. uh, 1960s, where the boys are. Do we keep watching this? No, we don't. Yeah. Okay, okay. What's your reasoning? If any. I only really liked the whole Merritt and Ryder storyline because everything mm-hmm, mm-hmm. else just seemed so redonkulous mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and unnecessary. Okay. Um, but again, I agree with Shrishma. Like, I, I, you know, I'm so tired of seeing, and I know it's the era. I know it's society at that time, but like, women being manhandled and women's only value being their virginity and then getting married um, yeah. and, and having no agency or ability to do anything beyond getting married and being a wife and mother. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then totally our soul fair. fulfillment comes from that. Yeah. Yeah. It's the, it's a relentless bit of messaging. That's it's in all of these things, but I think that is the, and that is why I'm going to say yes for where the boys are. If only because like we can't ignore that messaging, right? That's what was being funneled into everybody's brains and hearts and boners in 1956. It does give us whatever, three you know? different storylines of how this can work out. I'm going to say yes, because I think quality-wise, this is a fairly well-made film. I do enjoy all the locations. I want to hang out in this place. Yeah. I think that the the lead actors, the the, the girls, I think mm-hmm. they're a lot of fun. I think right. they're pretty modern. Uh, well, I mean, their humor is modern, but the, um, the sort of uh, retro – Sexual dynamics are very, you know, mm-hmm. from a different era or whatever, or of this era, which right. sucks, you know. But so, in that in that point of view, that's that's old shit. But also, we can't ignore that. So maybe this is the best example of that messaging, if only because the when we see the men groping the women in this movie, mm-hmm. as we see in most of these movies, it's they're portrayed in a villainous light. Right. It's sort of acknowledged as, I mean, not all the time, because again, TV doing that choking Mm. kiss thing is bizarre. But the, the actual, uh, sexual assaulters, plural, I guess. I mean, well, maybe not. Maybe not. Well, Well, at least one. I mean, that's a good argument for it. They are, they're painted as the villains that they are. And that's important. And we are seeing, you know, like we talked about at the top of the show, this is uh, a pressure, a social pressure that I'm sure women still feel today. Right. And I'm sure there are plenty of men still behaving in the same way today. Right. And therefore, I think it's a pass. Also, 
you know, it's the Prentissance, right? So concludes our episode about where the boys are. <laughs> we found the boys. We know where we found they are. Um, we also know that most of them are big old man babies mm-hmm. that don't care about women or treat them nicely. And before we sign off, we're going to talk about, we're going to continue next week, our exploration of a woman's progress mm. in the Cold War era. Is so, it really going to be progress or is it going to be more of this shit? Oh my God. Trishma, you're going to hate it. So, next Wednesday. When she has to find her husband through the times of the Cold War. You're going to hate this. She thinks he's a Russian spy. No, she thinks he's her husband, but he's really a Russian spy. That sounds way more interesting than what we're going to be watching. What are we watching? Next week, 1959's The Best of Everything. An expose of the lives and loves of Madison Avenue working girls and their higher ups. Oh God! So this is what happened. We're taking the same Sexual shit to the office, people. Harassment. <laughs> Me too, baby. Yeah, Me too. Right. Where the sexual so. harassment is. Now she's gonna. One of the chicks is gonna fall in love with her boss, and he's gonna be like, "Oh, but I'm married." Oh, that surely. You you could be speaking the right language. Let's see who's in this. Hope Lang, Stephen Boyd, and Susie Parker. I don't know who I've never heard of those people. Uh, nor I. We will see if we recognize again? them. Have you watched the best this movie of everything? Before? The best of everything. I don't think I have. I don't think so. I've been saving it for this very program. Okay. This arc we're doing right now. Exciting times. Anyway. That's next week on Old Movie Time Machine. As ever, Shrishma, thanks so much. You're welcome. Sister, thank you so much. Oh, you got it. My pleasure. Self, you did a great job hosting. Woohoo! Now let's cut over to you a couple weeks from now in the editing booth. Go! And so concludes another stirring episode of Old Movie Time Machine. I hope you guys enjoyed that. I would love to hear what you have to say about it. So please drop us a line at partyline at oldmovietimemachine.com. Tell us your thoughts on where you think the boys are, because that's all these gals want to know. So if you know where they are, please let us know. We'll pass the message on to them and so on and so forth. And also, I've got great news for you. If you like what you just heard, then you should be made aware of the fact that this episode is actually more than twice the length that you just heard. That's right. If you go to our Patreon page, we call it the Boom Room, and you plunk down your $2 a month, you can get twice the content from us. You can hear twice the awesome insights from Carolyn and Shrishma and Catherine and Brindy sometimes and me all the time. And you want to be a part of that. You want all the inside dirt, right? The hot goss, all the inside jokes, the drops, the bits. They're all there behind the paywall at Patreon. Join us, won't you? We would love to have you. We have a really nice time over there. Would love to see you there. As for next week, we will be watching, as previously stated, the best of everything from 1959. And guys, you're going to want to see this. And I have great news for you because, hell yeah, this is available on the internet if you want to. So before next Wednesday, you can go to one of the following locations to buy and or rent the best of everything. You can get this at AMC On Demand. Apple TV, Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Vudu, and DirecTV. So, go to one of those fine online establishments and watch the best of everything. And then we will see you back here next Wednesday on another episode of Old Movie Time Machine. <laughs>